And this is your girl, Ryan. And this is the Conscious Sedation Podcast. Yeah, boy. <laughs> hey, is anybody watching us yet? <laughs> we just <laughs> right. We just got here five <laughs> seconds ago. Y'all there? <laughs> anybody? <laughs> anybody? <laughs> is this this thing on? <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hold on, we got two people. Who's watching? Show yourselves. <laughs> Do it now. I, I don't see us. I'm waiting for it to pop up on my phone because that's where I follow. I can't follow it on my computer and phone. Let's see. Are you on your personal page going live, Ryan? No, I'm about to share it to my personal page. We're on Conscious Sedation Podcast. Okay. And then I'm going to share it to my... Um, okay, here we go. I'm going to share it to my personal page. I found it. <laughs> okay, I'm going to share it to my personal page. So then if you want to share, Jessica, you are welcome to. Okay. From there. Um, well, there we go. Yeah, and I can't even get my stuff together. So See, we just, just I know. work. <clears throat> I can't see. Yeah, I can't. You can't see it yet? No, I can see it, but I can't share it to my personal page. I yet. know sometimes it comes up where you can just automatically. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm about to tag you too, Jessica. Okay. We're all looking at our phones. That's okay. I've been watching. This, we, we're in the, we live in the age of technology, so this is actually normal for, you know. Yeah, true. It is normal, but it's not really normal. It is it's normal now, but well, it's yeah. the new normal. Yeah. It's kind of the old normal. Oh, it's the old normal. Amped up <laughs> <laughs> screen time is more readily acceptable now. Um. Okay. So we got. Is that feedback? Are we getting feedback? No, it was my phone. Okay. Um. Well, we're glad you guys could join us tonight. We hope that um, we, you guys watched and, or listened to us last week where we talked about um, healthy relationships or <laughs> relationships because some of us be having those too. Had. We're not claiming that no more. We're done with that. We're done with that in 2020. We've had enough. <laughs> we're done with the relationships. We've had enough. From here on out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we are happy to welcome Jessica with us, um, who is a um, licensed therapist, yes? Yes, licensed yes. associate, technically, marriage and family therapist. Okay, I thought it was marriage and family. Um, and so we are excited to have you talking a little bit about um, what you do and how important it is to have a healthy relationship with yourself, which we talked about last week um, as being one of the key components to being able to have healthy relationship with anybody else. We have to start with ourselves. So, um, But before we get into all of that, um, Tasha, did you have a recap from last shift? Anything that stood out to you? No, I, well, I, why do I always say no and then start talking? <laughs> no, but blah, 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 blah. Anyway, um, I, of course, I always listen to the playback immediately after we're done. Uh-huh. So um, I listened to it and I thought it was pretty good, good information, good flow. 
and um, good information from our perspectives as far as what a healthy relationship looks like. Of course, there's always more conversation to be had. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't say one thing that stuck out for me, you know, together. I, well, I did seem real triggered about the whole treat people like you want to be treated. <laughs> that yeah, whole thing. you were, like, yes. Why you but so it makes sense though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Calm down. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was pretty much what what stuck out for me. But that was my own self awareness that kind of like jumped off the screen or out of my phone, I should say, because I was listening to it. But but yeah, yeah, I enjoyed the conversation. I thought it was good. Yeah, I did too. I think um, there wasn't one thing in particular. I think it was a really good session. I think that again, for us not being relationship experts per se, mm-hmm. um, I think we had a lot of good conversation, even in the in the comments. Mm-hmm. So it was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys who are watching now too, if you watched last week or listened to it after I uploaded it, um, chime in and tell us what your favorite moments were or what stuck out for you. Definitely, we want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to go first for your mindful moment? I know you went first last week. You be, <laughs> I don't know if you be wanting to go first or if you want me to go first. You know, sometimes I just be having things that are sticking way out in my mind that I'm just like, ooh, I'm ready to get this out. But not particularly today. Um, I, I, We were just talking about like the shift in our culture that screen time and all of that is gone way up and becoming more acceptable if you Mm -hmm. will um but I am mindful this week of screen time (laughs) Mm -hmm. and sometimes the reprieve that it gives me when I am home managing my baby you know if she jumps up at the butt crack of dawn and I just can't do it I can put on a movie and she is at the age now where she will watch say a movie and just let me chill and she'll just snuggle up next to me and so I know she's not going anywhere. Um, so I'm mindful of the option and those kind of simple amenities that we take for granted sometimes like, you know, the World Wide Web. Thank God mm-hmm. for the person who invented that <laughs> and has made all of this possible. So yeah, in some ways, you know, it keeps us connected and I can appreciate it. Yeah, and you know, all things in moderation. A couple hours of that is nothing wrong with it. <laughs> you know, it's the people who let their. Well, I mean, like, okay, I'm thinking like two hours, like literally a couple. <laughs> Not the people who let who do it all day long, let the TV babysit their children. But yeah, I think that's nothing. There's nothing wrong with that. I can remember. It's funny. I can remember when I was a little girl. I just thought about this the other day. My mother, um, she was a stay-at-home mom. And so we would like drop my oldest sister off to school. I wasn't in school yet. Mm-hmm. And she would come home and she always, she wasn't a person who could like make a breakfast early or eat breakfast early. So she would like make us breakfast and then she would move around. And then like, we're talking about like 10, 30, 11 o'clock, she'd come home, and make her breakfast. And then she would lay down and take a nap. And she, you know, we, I would sit there and watch Sesame Street or whatever, <laughs> the little shows for a couple hours and she would take a nap on the couch and I had to sit right on the floor, um, right in front of the couch and don't, I, I, she knew I wasn't going around, like you said, I was safe, but she, baby girl got her, her nod on. <laughs> it's like that. Yes. Jessica, do you want to go? Do you have anything that you're mindful of today? Oh, 
yes. I um, just got out, recently just got off the phone with a really good friend of mine, and she was sharing with me just sadly some concerns for her people, and it just really made me like seriously, like I was like, thank you God for my sanity. Mm. Um, and thank you God for, even when I didn't feel 100% sane that I had the knowledge and the skills to do something about it. Because um, man, mental health is not a play thing. Like you'll be in a certain spot and if you don't do anything actively about it or you don't, see yourself coming out of it, um, it'll get worse. And you'll look up and you'll be like, you can potentially be in a really big hole or just potentially have mental health issues that have never surfaced before. Yes. Um, so I'm really grateful for my sanity. And I say that often and I really mean it, but just after the conversation today, I'm like, man, like I am so grateful for my mind. Mm -hmm. so that is where I'm at today and just yeah grateful I have a lot of things to be grateful for but that just ended so that's what's coming to the forefront that's really good we actually maybe what two or three shifts ago we talked mm -hmm. about the importance of mental wellness and um yeah you're exactly right it's it's something that we all take for granted and it's something that you don't know it's almost like you know when you get sick and you be stuffy and you don't appreciate how much you like to breathe. <laughs> it's one of those things like that. Like you don't really know until you have a, an experience with depression or until you have an experience with anxiety or, um, you know, you know, or, or even something, you know, more serious, you know, that you don't really realize um, how it even, and even if it's not something that's like an actual diagnosis, sometimes we can have just a life thing that just, really challenges your mental wellness and so i that's that's something that's huge to be mindful of today mm -hmm. um i today am mindful that i finished this term would you say yes closer. Mm -hmm. one term at a time i cannot lie this term was probably the most challenging term for me um because I had so much going on within my family unit that was causing stress that I had not experienced before while I was in school. Um, so like on top of all life stuff and being living amid a pandemic and, you know, <laughs> life stuff, I said that already, but it's so much of it. Um, I literally, I think I even shifted on the, on the podcast. I was to the point where I was like, maybe I need to take a leave of absence. Like maybe I need to, it was, I was, this was a really hard term for me. And so I am just mindful that I was able to keep, maintain my sanity <laughs> while I did it. And mindful that I just really was able to dig deep and pull through. And that is exactly, um, that's exactly what I did was dig way, way deep um, for me to be able to finish this term I didn't finish strong necessarily <laughs> but I finished you said what C is for cookie or complete and that's what I'm well I gotta be but yeah. I it you know barely <laughs> 
barely, but I am thankful and I'm just mindful that that is behind me. I don't have to ever take that, you mm -hmm. know, the term over again and um, just truly mindful that I can do hard things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yes. So it's time for our inbox report. <laughs> Ryan, are you watching us? <laughs> are you watching us, Ryan? Right. Ryan, are you on? Damara's on. Rio's on. Ariel's on. Or Ariel. Sorry, I hope I don't mess up. Ariel. Here. Ariel, yes. Thank yeah. you guys for watching. Those are the ones that I see. Okay. I don't know who else is there. You guys speak up in the chat. Say what's up. So we can Yeah, let us. Thank yes. you for joining us. So, um, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. So I get this text message and it, I didn't have my phone with me. So I looked at my watch and all I didn't see who it was from. I just started reading the, the text and it says, I would like to file a complaint. And so I'm like, who, what's going on? So I keep scrolling and I'm like, not really reading it. I'm kind of skimming it because it's on my watch and I see something about the podcast and I'm like, complaint. <gasps> mm-hmm. And so it's the, the complaint is related to the, um, our last shift where we talked about, um, again, relationship or relationship. And um, basically, Ryan is saying, looking back on the podcast um, relationship segment, it was too subjective versus being objectively healthy in terms of highlighting um, other healthy relationship structures. So I asked for clarity and he was talking specifically about romantic relationships and the various types of um, romantic relationships that also could be healthy. So you're talking about monogamous relationships versus maybe po polygamous or polyamory, polyamorous relationships, um, people who opt to maybe um, live together but never choose to get married people who choose to be to be a life partner but not live together all the just various types of relationships you can have that can be healthy that just maybe go against what we would deem as like a traditional um, relationship then he says my rationale is as nurses you all know what is what you all know what the best options are for us the community um, I guess like in triage and what you presented in your most recent um, podcast highlights healthy options of non-marriage. Wait. Highlights the healthy options of non-marriage. Oh, he's talking about my po personal post. That's what he's trying to say. So, okay. <laughs> so I made a personal post on my Facebook page. And I asked my Facebook friends, what are the benefits outside of financial what are the benefits of marriage? And so there was like a very big conversation that happened. I didn't even expect it to be that big of a conversation where some people who are married actually commented what their benefits are for them. And then of course we got into different conversation about of those things that you mentioned, how much of that is actually, you know, is marriage a requirement to achieve that or to have that. Um, and that's because my, me, myself personally, <laughs> Every time I say that, I think of you because I know you hate it so much, Sasha. Um, I don't necessarily buy into the idea of marriage. I'm not, I haven't gotten to a place where I feel like that is, it's, I've never been the little girl who like dreamed of a wedding. That's, I've never seen myself walking down the aisle. I've never wanted to go wedding dress shopping and do the whole thing. So 
I was asking because people make you feel bad when you say that they make it seem like it's a bad thing or like, Oh girl, don't say that you, 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 uh, gonna shortchange yourself or don't like, I, like, I don't have a fear about it. Like I just don't necessarily buy into the idea of it. So that being said, um, we had the conversation. So he was saying in that little piece of the tail end of his complaint that that would have been a good conversation to have on the show on the podcast to talk about the different types of relationships and how you could have a power of attorney. Cause people were saying like, Oh, well, I want somebody to, I want somebody to, you know, if, some, if I die or if I'm in, you know, incapacitated and I can't take care of myself, I need somebody I can trust or the person I love to be the person who would handle my body or make decisions on my behalf. Um, some people talked about needing insurance and that's why they got married. And so we, Things are so different now. Like you can put your life partner on your insurance now. A lot of insurance companies allow that or employers allow that. Or you could just get a power of attorney if you need somebody to take care of your body. Different things like that. So we hear you right. He, oh, and then he also said that we did not talk at all about astrological compatibility, which we did not touch at all. Mm -mm. <laughs> In our defense, I will say that it has always been our theme of this podcast to present information, prevent the facts, and allow our listeners, our audience, to just be enabled to make an informed decision about whatever it, that thing is. So whatever we're talking about, we're not here to make choices for anybody. We're not here to tell people what a relationship looks like to you. Um, we just present the facts and then allow you to make an educated or informed decision. Um, and I also will say that we do not deem ourselves to be experts on a lot of the content that he suggested that we um, discuss in that segment. So we have invited him to be a guest host, um, possibly next, next shift, next week where we can kind of talk a little bit. He can educate us on some stuff because I don't know that much about astronaut, astrological compatibility. I mean, I'd be trying to guess and like, you know, go to a little website and put it in. <laughs> Are you a match? <laughs> I mean, yeah, but it seemed to me too in his um, text, he was even talking about going deeper beyond like sun signs and that kind of stuff. And yes. so like, um, if you are not speaking about like, you know, our Gemini and, you know, Sagittarius compatible, like from the little website, then I have nothing. That's, that's all I got. I can't even tell you like characteristics astrologically about every sign. I can t tell you maybe a few, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, I hope he does take us up on that offer to come on. And that is one thing about our podcast and us just as um, people, we are happy to defer to an expert, which is why we have somebody like Jessica on today. Yes. And, you know, we had Swin on and Ashley. And mm -hmm. when we did the sex stuff, we had a sex therapist on, yes. you know, so yeah, we, we are perfectly fine passing the mic, so to speak, and deferring to an expert. We stay in our lane. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yes. So hopefully next week we'll have a continued conversation. I feel like it's um, definitely a topic that we could spread out a little bit because mm -hmm. relationships are important. We're all in them all the time, mm -hmm. um, even especially with yourself, which is why Jessica's here. So Jessica, if you would, can you tell the people who you are and what you do? Yes. 
Um, but first, I, I should have got up earlier. I want to go get my charger because I have nine percent. And oh, I go ahead. Sure that my, I'm sorry, y'all. Don't be sorry. We listen. We fumbling through all the time. We just always out here, so it's fine. <laughs> well, it's before nine o'clock, and we're on. Okay. Listen, we, on we time. literally logged on at like yes. eight thirty, eight thirty three. So. Yeah, y'all should be proud. We. <laughs> Give us our flowers. <laughs> it's a win already. <laughs> it's a win already. It okay? is a win. It may not look like a win, but it is. Is, it, is the weather cooling off in Georgia? Yes, it is. And ooh, another mindful moment that I had. So, you know, I've talked to you about my walking partner and all of that stuff. And the other morning I got up and it was probably high 50s, mid 50s, somewhere up in there. And so I was thinking, okay, I do not even have appropriate clothing for my child to go outside in this type of weather because we haven't really gone shopping, COVID. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because of Georgia, there's not a lot of winter type stuff out yet. Mm -hmm. So thank God my mom sent um, a couple of like sweatsuits or whatever for, for my baby. So I just waited till the afternoon and then we did go outside and go for a little walk because you know, screen time, cabin fever, and no, but yeah, yeah, it's been pretty cool here this week, which is nice. I've had the windows open, and you know, fresh air, candles lit, hot chocolate in the morning. It's feeling good. I'm loving it. Yes. Okay, Jessica, we are happy to listen. All right, so where you want me to start at? Just introduce yourself first, and okay. then you can talk a little bit about what you do. Um, I mean, you know, we, I know, um, Tasha doesn't know as much, so we're all learning here, so, but okay. we, we, yeah. All right. Hi, everybody. I am Jessica Gordon. I'm a marriage and family therapist, a RTT hypnotherapist, also have, um, experience and i'm like what's that word experience is substance abuse therapy or substance abuse just in general um and yeah but more so as of recently oh let me add too i'm an inner child expert and shame expert and i established the healing your inner child workshop in 2017 um and i actually just had one for the first time this year in person on the 19th, so just this past Saturday, which was really, really great. Um, But as of recently, uh, my focus has been in really developing my RTT um, hypnotherapy practice. Um, And even so, I just got super excited because I had a wonderful, wonderful meeting today because I'm just looking at expanding as much as possible and going beyond just the one-on-one and helping larger groups and helping corporate, um, looking at helping um, healthcare workers um, so that they could have better teams and so forth. So all through RTT. So that's a little about a bit about me. Real quick, just so that we're clear, what does RTT stand for for people who might not know what that is? Yes, sorry. I just assume that people know about it because I'm always talking about it. But RTT stands for Rapid Transformational Therapy. It is a form of hypnosis. 
Um, it's fairly new. It started in the UK maybe about four or five years ago, and it's now making its way over to the US. It's a wonderful modality that is known to literally eliminate root blocks in three sessions or less. Um, 97% of my clients have seen um, transformations and major results in just one session. Um, so RTT is the stuff. Do, is this, can we cuss on this part? Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what's she hesitating about? <laughs> RTT is definitely the shit and has gotten myself. It's changed my life, my clients' lives. So that's where I am putting my focus and time in. I love the subconscious mind. I love understanding it, building a relationship with it. Um, and so getting into RTT hypnotherapy really just spoke to me because that's what I'm about. Also, Law of Attraction coach mindset coach so i love like all the manifesting and you know thoughts become things and talking about wealth and generating wealth and all that good stuff i can just go on and on and on but that's about me so how long have you been doing that well i have been a marriage and family therapist for about seven to eight years now um, I got out and I just was kind of finding my way. I tried this, really didn't like it, tried that. That was okay. Um, but as far as RTT hypnotherapy, I just started in January and was officially certified in May. Um, well, actually the end of April. Um, and it allowed me to quit my job. Wow. <laughs> so this is my very, very first time ever in life. And this is something I've been wanting to do for two years was completely work for myself and having an RTT practice allowed me to do that. So I am grateful. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I, you, you do Reiki too, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I didn't, I don't think I realized that, um, I'd seen you posting about it, but I didn't even know all that it entailed, the RTT. So thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. And it's, um, the main component is regressing you back to at least three to five scenes in your childhood that all have to do with how you got this emotional block. So, um, yeah, people come in and they wonder why they can't like get over this hump or they just want to like flip this switch and they try so much, but nothing's really working. So RTT is great at not only identifying how you got that block, because I mean, these, these things go back. I'm talking about to maybe being in your mother's womb. I've had clients go back to where they were one years old, three years old. And it's just amazing to see um, what occurred for my clients to get these blocks. So um, it's a really amazing, deep, transformational work. Okay. So then tell us how, or if at all, do you feel like, because, you know, you talked about you have the healing, healing your inner child. Is that right? Am I naming it correctly? How does that relate to or correlate to the RTT where people kind of go back to those childhood scenes that 
are preventing them or have you know causing them to have this emotional block do you feel mm -hmm. like they're interrelated oh most definitely um actually i was so geeked when i took the rtt training because a big part of the component of rtt is upgrading the inner child so literally during the session after i take a client back i will guide them to go back to a childhood home sort of assess what's going on in that childhood home literally grab their child by their inner child by the hand take them out that home and take them to their current home as if you're upgrading them and you're giving them the opportunity to be reparent. Um, and that is what I talk about it in my inner child workshop. The importance of reparenting your inner child is so crucial. And I tell people, if you watch my lives and you're watching it, you know who I am and what I speak on. I always talk about, you don't have to have a bad childhood or bad parents or all this trauma to take place to still have a wounded child. Matter of fact, we pretty much all have a wounded child. Mm -hmm. And what we can do for ourselves is step up and reparent that wounded inner child. And when I say reparent, I mean, give them what your child always needed um, to make them feel that love um to make them feel heard to make them feel validated and safe give them a space to do that and to feel that and so that was the main component of rtt and i'm already preaching that with my healing your inner child workshop and i'm like oh my god like this is destiny for me to learn this so basically nothing has changed about my workshop the only thing that has changed is at the very end instead of guiding them on a meditation i can guide them on an actual hypnosis so it's super deep and man it's just it's so tight it's so tight it's so tight to look around and see a group of 17 women be hypnotized like that's still mind-blowing to me mm -hmm. so i have so many questions now <laughs> but so okay the what can people so so many questions okay so obviously taking the seminar the healing your inner child that would just be like one experience right um in terms of like like getting you on the putting you on the journey to healing the inner child like we can't anticipate that they would go to one seminar and then like you're free your, your child is healed right <laughs> um it, it could possibly happen um, through RTT is, I mean, rapid is a reason why it's called rapid. So I just recently posted a testimony from this girl who said like the consequences and effect of her childhood trauma no longer show up in her life. Um, and that was from one session. So it just all depends on where you're at. Um, and two with inner child. It does not stop. So yes, you could have this wonderful big breakthrough and you feel like you've been able to at least look at your childhood traumas in the face um, and, you know, really start to heal. But like healing your inner child and being with that inner child, it doesn't stop because the moment it stops, then your inner child is neglected again. And it's like mm -hmm. having to start the process over again and again. So 
no matter where you're at in your journey and even how tight you and your inner child is, you got to keep going. You got to keep creating space for them. So Ariel is asking, do you practice in indie or virtually? And I think the answer to that is both. Yes, that is both. Mm -hmm. I am um, switching over to become an all virtual because I do plan on traveling a lot very, very soon. Um, but until then, I am in indie and I do practice face to face. Mm -hmm. And Ariel, stay tuned. We'll give her the opportunity to say um, how you guys can get on her books, <laughs> get on her schedule um, and heal your inner child. Yes. So, yeah, when you say that, what does that mean? Like, what does that look like? Healing your inner child. Mm -hmm. how, how does that even show up? Like for someone who's on a therapy journey, then that would click and kind of resonate with them. But, you know, it's a lot of people out here who need to be sitting on the couch. That's like, oh, I'm fine. Yeah. No, it's funny. I'm sorry. I was just, I have a, uh, what do you say? This is popping out. Is that what you say, Tasha? This popping is coming up. up. <laughs> popping up. So when I, cause you talk about being in therapy and a lot of times when I'm in therapy, um, some, especially if it's like a really hard question or a question that is about nobody but myself, she'll be like, I'll be talking or whatever. And she'll be like, oh, I see, I see little rye. I see, I see little girl ride right now. Like, you know, so it's funny that you say that somebody who's been in therapy could probably resonate with what that means because that's exactly what's happening sometimes in therapy. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Jessica. <laughs> so what does that look like? Or what does that mean? Like healing your inner child? Um, how does someone arrive to the point where they, they realize that they, this is what they need? Okay. So everyone needs to heal their inner child. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just being frank. Um, it doesn't matter if you had a super shitty childhood or if you had a traumatic childhood or if you feel like you had one of the best childhoods ever. Um, in order to really just expand and be the best version of yourself and just develop overall emotional intelligence so that you can have that awareness. Like I was saying when I mind before, my sanity um healing your getting in touch with your inner child will definitely contribute to all of that so we it's there's this idea that we all have a wounded child again the woundedness happens on a scale you can be extremely wounded or you can just have little baby wounds for maybe some emotional trauma that took place or even if it was something like oh i felt different as a child or i felt left out or yeah, I had a two-parent household, but my dad stayed working. So when he came home, it felt like he didn't want to be bothered by me. Or I'm the middle child and I feel left out because my mother favored my brothers and my baby sister was sick so much. So the attention was on her. So we all have wounds. And the reason that we all have wounds is because before the age of seven, developmentally, you are egocentric. All children are egocentric. That means that they believe that the world revolves around them. So they don't even have the capacity to say, oh, my dad is a workaholic. He just dealing with his own shit. He'll come talk to me when he's ready. Yeah. Kids don't know how to do that. Instead, they think it's their fault. Like, well, well, mm -hmm. damn, like, am I that bad of a kid? Like, mm -hmm. why don't my daddy want to be around me? So the reason that he'll, the reason 
why healing your inner child is so important is because of that factor right there. Developmentally, you have it stuck somewhere in your mind, in your subconscious mind, that um, the things that happened to you, that you make meaning of, that made you feel shame, guilt, not worthy, not enough, that can stay with you. And that staying with you, it turns into your wounded inner child. And if you don't do anything to that wounded inner child, if you don't try to meet them, try to talk with them, try to play with them, they're going to continue to be wounded. And guess what? You're walking around with that woundedness and when you're not healing, your wounds are leading. Oh, I need to coin that term. When you are not healing, your wounds are leading. So that means that relationships, how you show up in your job, how you show up in your self-care, your self-love for your children, it's coming from a wounded space if you are unaware of the wounds that you're carrying. So everybody needs to heal their inner child. Everyone needs to not feel like it's a taboo thing or they are messed up or, you know, oh, I don't need that. I had uh, one review from a friend who came to one of my workshops and I love this tagline. She said, anyone who was once a child needs this workshop. That was all of us. So, um, yeah, it's so critical for your overall journey. And honestly, I mean... Our inner child is the imaginative, very playful, innocent part of us. We all have that part of us within us, and it needs to be fostered. Us playing, us being able to go out in the rain and like, you know, like just play or lay in the grass, roll around. It's literally a critical skill for us in our brain development, our emotional development, our social development as we get older. We have to tap into that um that inner child so mm -hmm. yes hug on your inner child love on your inner child and i can go on and on but our inner child the thing about it if you have never if you have never made the decision to or even knew about getting in touch with your inner child your inner child is so forgiving and it's so naturally loving that you can go 50 years never saying anything to your inner child. And the very first thing when you, you know, say hi to them, they may give you an attitude at first, but <laughs> trust me, they're going to be so happy that you showed up for them. So showing up for them is crucial and honoring what they want to do because they're going to let you know, well, what do you want to do? They may just want to sit there. They may want to say, hey, swing with me, go to the park. And this can be, you know, all in your mind or right. hell, it's been really outside. Because when I go outside, I'm like, oh, my inner child, she just want to jump these curves. I don't know why, but you know, like the little <laughs> sidewalk things, mm -hmm. balance yourself. Every time I do that, that's my inner child. She always wants to do that every time we walk. So I honor that. Wow. You just said a whole lot. I feel like, um, Okay, <laughs> so um, you kind of talked about, I was going to ask you, how does an unhealed inner child, how does that, because you said if your 
would you say if your wound, if you're not, if you are not healed, then your wounds are leading, right? Is that what you said? I want, I want to make sure we coin that term. You coin it. I want to remember it so we make sure you. If we are not healing, if we are not healing, are leading. They are leading. So then, how does that play out in relationships um, in our everyday life? I know you talked about. Um, you said it, you know they lead at work. How we show up in our you know parenting relationship, but like. Let's use parenting as a really good example, because we talked a little bit about the parent-child relationship last week and how um, a lot of us do have some trauma as it relates to how we were parented or the relationship we have with our parents. So how would that, how do you, how do you feel like that would show up in a parent who has not yet healed um, their inner child or hasn't made space for their, their inner child? Mm-hmm. So how would a parent show up who has yet to talk to their inner child? Yes. Um, well, there's a few things that come to mind. One, shame is generational. So I really didn't talk about shame, but all this relates to shame as well. Because when I first started Healing Your Inner Child workshop, I didn't even call it Healing Your Inner Child. I called it breaking the toxic spell. Um, and it was really highlighting the impacts of toxic shame and how that can literally damn near eat us alive because shame is the lowest vibrational emotional frequency that there is. And it's nasty. It's ugly. Um, it is the thing that leads to all other negative emotions, depression, suicide, anger, guilt, apathy. It's literally shame. Like when you strip everything away, it's like nothing can go underneath shame. Like that is the bottom mm. of the lowest totem pole emotion. Um, so I really created the workshop to highlight shame and highlight inner child healing. So to get back to your point, being a parent, and um, not dealing with your inner child, more than likely you have shame that you're not dealing with. And the way that shame works is that it's generational and you pass it down without knowing it. Um, your children are thinking that your judgment is about them when it's really about you. Say that again, <laughs> say that one more time. Yeah, your children believe that your judgment, your judgment towards them is about them when it's really about you because you have yet to deal with your shit. So again, when you're not healing, your wounds are leading. And this doesn't mean that purposely you're a bad parent. It's just that we literally don't know how we're passing this stuff down to our children. Um, I even think about my mother, love her, wonderful mother. She's a fantastic mother, sacrificed so much for me. And one of the things that always stand out in my mind for an example of what pissed me off, and I'm just being frank, and I was in probably like in second grade, and I loved wearing my hair like I wanted it to. Like I loved wearing my hair, um, whether it had braids, curls, but my cousins, they would wear their hair just pressed out and straight. And she would always say, 
you should wear your hair like your cousins and just leave it alone because that's how it grows. And I'm like, but I don't want to wear my hair like them. Like, how I wear my hair. And I literally was telling her in like first grade, like, stop comparing me to my cousins. And she was like, well, I'm not comparing you. So anyways, I said that to say, whatever shit that my mama didn't deal with that has to do with beauty standards and keeping hair and having long hair, she was projecting that onto me for me to leave my hair alone so it can be long and full like my cousin's hair. But I wasn't trying to do that. I wanted to express myself through my hairstyles. And so... My mom obviously didn't mean to do that on purpose, but again, when you have not dealt with your shame, it automatically just passes on to one generation from the next generation to the next. So um, yes, by all means, being a parent is definitely important to deal with your inner child. And I can go on more and more too, just about family roles and systems and how that looks and how everyone plays their different part in their families as a child, as a mother, um, and how even that is impacted by your inner child. Yeah, that's certainly, Ryan, it's funny that you went in that direction because when you were talking before, Jessica, all I could think was, um, how tall of an order that would be to ask of someone um, who hasn't dealt with their stuff or who hasn't acknowledged their trauma or inner child wounds to be all of the things that they lacked to their child. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, you know, especially thinking about within the Black community and the way we see parent-child relationships and roles and stuff like that play out, like, that would be a big ask because in our community, people call it childism is like a rampant where children don't have a voice, where children aren't respected, where children are abused. And this is just a regular thing. Like, no one blinks an eye if someone yells at their child or if someone hits their kid. You know, it's usually like a championing, champion championing of that behavior as opposed to being like mm, <laughs> this is a kid like you dealing with someone who doesn't have a fully formed brain and so I mean thankfully for me I'm I have evolved in my thought about that behavior too and a big part of me healing myself required that you know I do that work before I could be like an effective parent and kind of challenging a lot of those things that I had believed previously. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So then, um, how young is too young, or what age would you say is a good age for somebody to um, start thinking about healing their inner child? Because, I mean, you talked about... Um, you know, from seven and younger is when a lot of things become unhinged or we may have wounds, a lot of wounds from that time because we're egocentric at that in that stage of our life. So then, I mean, is 16 too young to participate and try to heal your inner child? Or like, what would you, when would you recommend somebody like start, you know, put themselves on that journey to heal their inner child? 
Yeah, um, that's a good question. I honestly won't, can't give you like a research answer, but just from what I've seen and like what I've worked with, I honestly would say nine. And obviously that's going to look a lot different. That's not going to look like I'm going to have a session with child. We're going to talk about that stuff. But even at the age of nine, you can have your kids like write, like look at a baby picture and talk to that baby picture or write their younger self a letter. And I, the only reason why I'm saying this is because I did a campaign where I did five days to healing your inner child. And I um, did activities for, you know, each day for five days. And I think day one was write a letter to your inner child. And I had a Facebook friend inbox me and tell me that all her girls did it. And they were young. And I'm like, oh my God. They're like, they, they're like, she, they really enjoy the activity. And I'm like, oh my God, thank you for sharing. Like, so that really made me realize that really, there's really like nine. It's not too young to just start that process of being aware that you have, there are different parts of you that exist. Going through uh, my program, we will always talk about, well, there's a part of me that feels, but there's also a part of me that feels. So we have these different parts. So there's nothing wrong with starting your child off as young as nine or 10 years old to talk about these parts of herself or himself to understand themselves better. Like, yeah, you have a part of you that's still a little younger in you. You have a part of you that sometimes may feel, you know, X, Y, Z. So. Mm -hmm. That's really good. I, um, I would, I mean, I feel what you said, you, you gave a specific example of, <laughs> Um, you, your, one of your examples was I was the middle child and um, I always felt like my mother favored my younger brother or whatever over me and it made me think about my own family dynamic um, my children because um, I mean I, I think that's really good I think that um, I have a middle child which I never thought I would have a middle child that's what made me even want to ask like are my girls too young you know to, to walk to put themselves on or for me to help guide them to this journey because I think it's important and I think the younger that you are just like we talked about with therapy Tasha like the younger that the more you can normalize it the younger that they can be when we normalize this type of healing when we normalize um, what's going on the less likely they are to like have lifelong effects or like be struggling with these wounds or whatever for their entire life so uh, I didn't expect you to say nine and so I think that's it's really good, especially if you think, I mean, because when you're little, you do have memories. Like I can remember being little and having memories of something that hurt me, whether it made sense to the adults in my life or not. It was very real to me. It was my journey. It was my experience. And I was hurt behind it. And so I didn't expect nine. That's that's young. But again, the, the, the younger that we can be when we normalize this type of stuff, um, I think about, you know, you talk about um, shame being handed down for generations. And so if we can start healing some of that stuff up at nine yeah you're talking yeah, about turning say. things what'd you say i said we'll be in a better place Gen for generations because if we mm -hmm. hand down shame right if we can get that healed then we start handing down you know healing. yes mm -hmm. yes yeah i um it's funny because like with the work that i do at the center for mind body medicine we kind of do a lot of 
the things that you're talking about, Jessica, where it's a non-traditional modality of treatment and therapy, um, like dialoguing with a symptom, which is probably something that you're familiar with, right? So you basically figure out whatever this issue is or symptom that you may be having in your body and you have a conversation and you're writing this down um, and you, you lend yourself to your wise guide, you know, or higher intuition while you're writing and you basically lead yourself to your answers, right? Or the solution to whatever your symptom is or problem. Um, so yeah, I, <laughs> I had some moments during my time when I was doing groups at the Center for Mind-Body Medicine where, where the group facilitator honored that in me before I could honor it in myself that, you know, hey, FYI, the work that you're doing is tough, but it is healing um, for generations to come. And so I think it's huge. Like, it's not easy at all. It's not easy work, um, but it's impactful for beyond your own lifestyle. And then um, once you do start to have a family, if that's your desire, or even the people around you, you can kind of see the ripples and the benefits from it and how you interact with people, um, how you interact with your friends and loved ones and stuff like that. And people will see a change in you, which is, you know, rewarding. You don't do it for anybody else. You do it for yourself anyway. But it is like humbling to be like, oh, <laughs> you noticed? Okay, thank you. Like you lost 15 pounds or something, <laughs> you know? Mm. Well, when you yeah. did though, when you start healing, you do lose you a right. lot, of, lot of dead weight. You're right. Yeah, a lot of baggage. Because, yeah, in a in a lot of places, you um, acknowledge what's no longer serving you, and you can let go of different vices that probably did keep the weight on you. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's yeah, you're right on that. So we have a comment here, which I thought was, I mean, it made me chuckle, but relevant. So Rio says, Mario said, I can see how a man could be perceived as being soft, saying. I'm trying to heal my inner child. And sure, you know, within our culture, um, masculinity, I feel like has been boxed in and can only present in one way um, or two, <laughs> perhaps without someone having something negative to say, but your wording can be whatever you want it to be, you know? It's all part of you. Like Jessica said, we, we have different parts of us that show up and that need attention. And you can call it whatever you want to call it, you know, if you're concerned about that. Um, Jessica, did you want to speak to that? Yeah. Um, I always tell people that this journey is personal. And you don't have to tell... Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying isolate or don't build up a tribe, but there are a lot of times where we don't even know what we're going through, or we don't even know what we are trying to do, or we're still working this shame out and this healing out, <clears throat> and a lot of people haven't even started with themselves. Mm -hmm. So I say start with yourself. And maybe once you start with yourself and you get going and you see how detrimental healing is to you and healing your inner child, you might be at the point where you're like, hell yeah, I'm healing my inner child. You should too, bro. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So being, <laughs> being able to spend time with yourself and you don't have to tell nobody because again, 
a lot of people haven't even they're so closed off, they're not even open to their own sales. So I always encourage people, start with yourself. Open up to yourself first. You ain't got to do it for nobody. Don't nobody even got to know. So to Mario, if you choose to, no one even has to know that you're starting this journey. This can be very personal. And then once you get in the groove of things, again, it might surprise you. You might have pride. You might be the next man that's healing other men because you like, I've been able to really, you know, make some moves. So that's what I would say about that. Mm -hmm. What do you say to um, skeptics? I was going to ask that to be put on trust. Um, hypnosis, is that what you're going for? Or Either in general? Or healing, you know, past wounds, dealing with shame. What do you say to skeptics? That's like, nah, <laughs> that's voodoo. But yeah. Well, okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about skeptics just for healing and inner child work, and then skeptics for RTC because they're two totally different things. So skeptics in general for healing and um, just inner child work. I mean, I'm just being blunt. If you're if you're a skeptic, I feel really sorry for you because this is your life. <laughs> this is literally your life and so I don't I, to me I literally can't understand how a person will be skeptic around healing themselves and being the best the being the best version of themselves um and I also believe that there may be some people that will use skepticism or may come off as skepticism when really it's avoidance because they know it's a lot of shit that they're going to have to dig up and face. So mm -hmm. it's easy to just be like, be a, a skeptic. That's way more easier emotion front than to even admit like this is scary because it can be really scary and it ain't smooth sailing. Mm -hmm. um, skeptics for RTT. I do understand, especially in the black community, uh, we don't just go get hypnotized. Um, but I will tell you, actually, that hypnosis has been around for a very, very long time, and it's used by lots of white people and upper-class people, celebrities. Um, they have babies from RT, or from hypnosis. They stop smoking cigarettes. They, they um, lose weight. They are able to rewire their neural pathways. So, unfortunately and I'm just saying this as I talk about it out loud, I've never really said this out loud, but because it was not accessible in our community, I really believe that it turned, it's not a normal thing that we see, but if you go into a community that has money and they have been doing hypnosis for years now. Hypnosis, hypnosis clinics has been around for years. Like it's not a, something that's new. I just believe it's something that traditionally we did not have access to. It, it really doesn't cover insurance. Um, through our religion, I've gotten that too. With some people's religion background, they're not mm -hmm. fooling with it. They don't want to have someone get in their head. Um, that's really tough to talk about because I respect everyone's viewpoints and religions, but it does honestly make me sad because I know how wonderful of a healing modality this is. And it's just like, I don't want that to get in the way mm -hmm. of you literally being able to possibly change your life. 
I've had clients that wanted to commit suicide that have went on vacations for a week-long vacation after their session. Like, I've never felt this free in my entire life. Crying spells for every single day, locking themselves in the bathroom. And it's like, it just sucks when a belief can get in the way of potentially that. And I'm not saying I'm the end-all, be-all, but um, I know RTT definitely can change lives. So I respect people, and I believe that I call in exactly who I'm to work for. I don't want to hound you down. I don't want to over-educate you. If it's meant to be, it's meant to be, but I always will plant the seed. Um, it may be five years down the line because RTT is about to blow up. It, I mean, it's already getting some um, momentum, but it's about to blow up. So maybe three years down the line, so, oh, I remember Jessica was an RTT hypnotherapist. So you never know. I'm just here to walk in my purpose. I had to let go of the fact that I can't help and save everybody. Yes, that is what we believe as nurses too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, okay, so talking a little bit about the, the trust factor or the skepticism around hypnotherapy, what could somebody expect? If, so I booked an appointment, I'm coming to see you. What can I expect um, to happen while I'm there? And um, what can I expect to feel once? the session is done or like I'm you know because like for example I'm thinking about you go get a massage right they give you water when you leave you feel a little tired when you're done you don't feel all you don't automatically feel rejuvenated right or like you might get a certain type of facial after that your skin sensitive it's not a, you know so what what can I anticipate if after I book a session with you what can I expect to happen during the session and then when I'm done mm-hmm so um as far as a session um Pretty much the entire session is done in hypnosis, and I'll get people that think that they'll just be sitting there and I'm just talking to them. We are having a full-blown conversation. You're telling me what you're singing, you're telling me how you're feeling, and you're telling me why you're feeling that way. Um, and it's not like traditional therapy where we do a lot of talking and going back in history and why did that make you feel? I need a brief snapshot of your childhood. Uh, what did you come in here for? What are symptoms of that? How was your childhood? And how would life without the problem look like? That's pretty much what our intake process looks like. Um, I then take you into hypnosis, which is a um, safe process. And when I say safe, I mean that you don't go to this deep sunken place. You don't black out and you don't know where you're at. You're actually very aware of where you're at and what you're doing. Um, it's almost like you're holding two kind of realities like, oh, okay, I know I'm getting an RTT session with Jessica, but damn, I'm so relaxed that I can go in my subconscious mind and pull up all this shit. So it's like you're very still aware of where you're at. And when you're after the session, you remember everything you go back to. Mm. And I always tell people if I was to say, now, Ryan, get up and go rob a bank. You'll be like, girl, why would I do that? Like in hypnosis and everything. So it's not like I'm just telling you shit and you're like, okay, okay. You know? Mm -hmm. um, so that's first things first. Um, then I do, it is a form of regression where you go back to scenes in your childhood also that you can identify why you have this root block. It can be anywhere between very traumatic, um, sexual abuse, violent scenes to scenes that 
from your adult eye don't make sense why you would go back to those things like um my my, I, my mom yelling at me because i stood on the wrong side of the street or i'm walking down the street and it's a group of men um cat calling me um i mean it's really stuff like damn like i really held on to that um so then after we get those scenes um I use my special skills to take you back in those scenes so that I can detach any meaning of shame, guilt, not feeling worthy enough um, to those scenes because that's the reason why they came up. They came up for a reason. So to be able to take away any of those negative meanings that you attach to these scenes, to be able to free you and empower you. Also, while in hypnosis, I upgrade your inner child, um, help you repair your inner child. And like Tasha was saying, literally help you have a dialogue with your depression or with your not enoughness or with your procrastination um, so that you can really understand the role and the function that this problem has had in your life and why you've decided to subconsciously hold on to it. Because we think we don't want to hold on to it, but it's been a part of our life so long mm -hmm. that subconsciously it just kind of wants to stay and hang out. Um, so yeah, that is what to expect from an RCT session. And then the major hallmark is the transformation recording. So at the very end, I take about 15 minutes to just write you out a, well, I write out prior to the uh, session, a personalized script and I just read it. And it's all about Ryan. So I say, you know, Ryan, you're developing massive motivation to complete all your tasks in a timely manner. You are worthy. And you'll listen to this recording um, for 21 days straight so that you can continue to drive home these new beliefs. Cause it's like we stripped the beliefs you want to get rid of so now we got to kind of Boring. fill that bucket back up with these new empowering beliefs so that's rtt in a nutshell and so how long is the whole session um an entire session is about well sometimes i do the intake same days of session sometimes we'll do the intake totally separately mm -hmm. Um, but the actual process outside of the intake, the actual process of RTT and being hypnotized is about an hour and 15 minutes on average. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's all, yep, no. it's all done in hypnosis too. Like a whole, like you having a whole therapy session in hypnosis. So I'm, we're talking, you're having a conversation. Say if you had um, a mother come up over and over again because maybe she was verbally abusive or maybe she just was said things like, wear your hair like your cousins. Yeah. And so she kept coming up. I would have you invite your mother in and say, okay, well, let's have a dialogue with your mother um, and basically be able to in the most kind, loving way, tell her about yourself and how it made you feel. And not just from 33-year-old Jessica, but from nine-year-old Jessica, because this is where I got this ideal in my head that I was bad or shamed. Um, so it's some, it's some deep, wonderful stuff, and it can last up to an hour and a half, depending on how much shit comes out, you know, from people. And I really want them to process, because they can come 
up with a lot of stuff that can be heavy for days on end with them. And so then when it, when they, when it's done because of that, because it can be heavy. So you, you're saying the goal is that when they walk out of your office, when they leave from you, they're not heavy because you help them walk. You kind of peel away the shame, peel away the guilt or whatever. Is that what you're saying? That after whatever comes up, then you kind of like start to strip away all the negative energy that's tied to, to those wounds. And then that's right. So they shouldn't be feeling heavy after they're done when they leave. Um, no, they can, they can feel, they can feel heavy up to three to, I've seen a five day heavy period. Um, but that's also, she also admitted that she, she did have a heavy session, but it's almost like she said, she just leaned to it and lean into it and accept what really came up for her. Uh, cause again, that resistance, when we resist, it's like, we just, going against the current of water. So with her just saying, okay, this is what happened. I'm listening to my recording. She took off. Like, I'm like, what happened? You just, in our week check-in, you were saying that you didn't know how things was going. And then she shouted me out on Facebook five days after that. She was like, I just accepted everything. Like I leaned into everything. So people can have a heavy kind of transition period and our nervous system gets shooken up. Like if you think all this within our bodies and then you do a certain modality to bring it all up, it's it's like, what? What's going on? Like we've been chilling like in this nervous system and then so you shake it up. So it can be a period of time where you're just like, mm, feel a little weird and heavy. But continuing to work through it and just following the advice that I give you and listen to your recording, you'll, um, you know, level out, mellow out. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever had anybody book one session? Are you like, no, you need about five more. <laughs> uh, yes. All and right. um, I've had. I'm probably at between five and 7% where people come back a second time. And so honestly, I don't know if it's like, I have this message <laughs> that, you know, one and done. So I'm trying to get better at saying, you know, like RTT, it can take up to three sessions to completely eliminate, but a lot of people, they come once. Um, so yeah, it can be once or if they do come twice, then maybe they're focusing on something else different. I've never had someone come for three sessions, but I've definitely had twice. And usually in two times, you feel such a relief that if you come back, you're coming back for a totally different meaning, whether money blocks, motivation, um, weight loss, and things like that. I mean, you've only been practicing for just a couple short months. So you're, um, you know, people coming back for a follow-up or for another, I'm sure that will grow. Like I, I would imagine that, um, you know, you, you go for something like this. I'm sure most people have never experienced like um, being hypnotized or RTT. It's a very new experience. And then there's so much transformation that happens as a result that, you probably need a minute to process it all before you like go back for more, right? That's what I would imagine. You probably need, it's like, <laughs> like, whoa, wait a minute, this was a lot. And then you might think, well, dang, maybe you may be able to even recognize something else that maybe needs some work. 
um, or area in your life, you recognize you have another block um, there in that area. And then you think, well, maybe I can go back. But I can't even imagine like coming back real quick for another <laughs> for another session. Like I feel like you would need a minute to woosah after all that transformation and change and, and settle into like this new baseline of your life. Yeah, yeah. Um, one RTT cycle is 21 days. So people can come back as early as, I, I try to make it 28. So give them that extra week. <laughs> Before they be at your door, like uh, Jessica, <laughs> you, got some, you got some more that you got some more that <laughs> I had a uh, I had thought of something else that I I needed some hypnosis for. That would be me. That's what I was thinking. Like, how could you not be like, okay, these are my big, big pressing issues, right? These are the ones that are on the forefront, and then once you're like, okay, I took care of the big ones now. Girl, I'm back. Because <laughs> I need to take care of this one, this one, this one, and that one. Yeah. See, I would need to sit in it for a minute. I would need to like learn me again in this new in this new space. Cause I'm sure you feel totally different. I mean, I would imagine, you know, again, you saw, like you said, you're walk, you've been walking around with this stuff. It's a part of you. These wounds are a part of you. So you're walking around with it, and it that change happens so quickly. It's not like when you go on a behavioral therapy where it like, you know, you peel off a little bit of layers at a time. It's like a lot happens all at once. So yes. I would feel like I would be getting to know me in this new space before I try mm -hmm. to shake it all up again. But part of me, I feel like, um, I imagine it depends on your level of readiness. Yeah. Because you know, everybody is not like ready for the change, but you know, and Jessica, you can speak to this or not. I, I can imagine people coming to you being like, okay, I'm ready for this shift and whatever that looks like and can dive in head first and be like, whew, okay, all right. It was like a breath of fresh air. Next. Readiness is so huge, um, Tasha. Um, when I first started and got certified, I was almost... I don't want to say begging, but I was asking my friends, like, you know, can I practice on you? Can I practice on you? And what I learned, which I'm so grateful for that, for that experience, but what I learned was that if a person ain't ready, like, don't waste your energy on them because it's not going to work. Like, they're not ready to put in the work. Um, so I do respect where people are at. And if they're not ready, I don't beg you. I don't try to give you more education. I just trust that when you are ready, you'll come to me. And if it ain't me, you know, you'll have another different avenue of healing. Um, yes. And I, one big key of me knowing that um, you're ready is that you've already made changes before you've come see me and it could be small things like oh I changed my diet or I cut off this friend or you know I started meditating in the morning more so yeah people it is like they get ready before their RTT session because it's like well I made the investment and this is something huge like Ryan said this is not like oh I'm just gonna peel off a little layer like we're going for the big gusto mm -hmm. so yeah yeah, I told you I might have to go back to school. I would be a therapist, but <laughs> but you got to go back to school. The school is 
<laughs> I don't see it right now. Maybe I need to come to you, Jessica. <laughs> right. Get rid of that root block. <laughs> Get rid of this right here because I'm like, school is supposed I am. Nope, I ain't getting it. <laughs> the debt. The, nope, I ain't doing it. But yeah. Yeah. All of this has been very interesting. It really has. I Like I said, I learned a whole lot. I, you know, <laughs> be thinking I know it that I'm knowing. <laughs> so I appreciate you so much for um, being willing to share it, to lend your time um, and your expertise to us. I learned a whole lot um, and it, um, I am intrigued. So, you know, I might, I might be booking a, a, a appointment with you and I will report back to our audience. So, you know, y'all might see the change though. <laughs> Y'all might just see me glowing and everything. <laughs> Y'all gonna know. Who is, who is this new Ryan? Who is this? Yeah, who is this? I didn't know. Y'all know, her. know this healed Ryan. Very often I follow a lot of my clients on Facebook. And so after they had a session, I'm like, I mean, like, seriously, it really is mind blowing because they, their posting style, how they post, they started showing up on camera. They start posting things they ain't never posted before and it's mind blowing like wow like their session is working so well um yeah like your facebook friends they literally be knowing like damn like she had a come up something that changed with her mm-hmm. right yeah i might i'm actually intrigued so and um yeah i learned a lot i didn't i didn't I was probably one of those people who thought that hypnosis was like, you're in a completely unconscious state. Like you're conscious enough. I knew you were conscious enough to um, communicate, right? But I didn't realize that you were kind of like teetering between two, I want to say worlds, but like, I didn't know that you would actually physically know like, okay, I'm here, I'm in this space, but then I'm also talking, I'm also talking about whatever I'm talking about. So that was um, good for me to know and learn about hypnosis. Yeah. You got any anything? questions? Yeah. Any? I don't see any questions in the chat. Any other questions? Um, if you all have any questions, shout them out real quick. We want to be mindful of Jessica's time. Mm-hmm. You have anything, Tasha, to add? No, I think I am like intrigued as well, you know. So don't be surprised, Jessica Chow. You see these names coming up on. <laughs> on your acuity if that's what you use like excuse me ma'am i would like to take one hypnosis please (laughs) i would like one order hypnosis (laughs) if you could run that through here take my money take it Uh mario he mario said i'm still getting visions of jessica having one of those turning wheels saying you are getting sleepy Go find something to do. Go go heal your inner child. Okay. Book, a, book appointment. So how can we find you, Jessica? We want to book an appointment. Where can we find you? You can find me on my website. It is under maintenance, getting the makeover that it deserves. I'm super mm-hmm. excited. But you can still book your consultation on my website at www.iamjessicagordon.com. Feel free to friend request me. I'm almost to my 5,000 limit. So friend request me. Get in there while you can. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Or um, 
I also have a Facebook page. I am Jessica Gordon and Instagram. I am Jessica Gordon. So follow me. Um, feel free to inbox me if you have any questions or if you are interested in setting up a free 15 minute discovery call. I would love to chat with you all. And thank you all for having me on the show and allowing me to just share my expertise in about inner child healing. Um, and I just want to leave it on this note because I know initially it was about relationship with self. So if you're watching, no matter your upbringing, no matter if it was extremely horrible to the most picture painted perfect childhood, um, it is your responsibility. And I do encourage you to just say hi to your inner child. You don't even have to know how to heal them. You don't have to make this big old commitment today that I'm going to heal my inner child, but just say hi to them. Say hi and I love you. And you'll be really surprised what happens and what they'll say back. Um, and yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. So thank you ladies for having me on. Thank you so much. I appreciate you very much. Yeah. yeah. That was You're perfect welcome. because we usually do our little nurse's notes at the end and that was your note. So thank yeah. you for sharing and, you know, giving us your time and letting the people know who you are and what you do. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes. Thank you too, Ryan. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm glad that you agreed. Like I said, I got a lot out of this um, just in talking about it and discovering um, how, how truly important it is to, to, to say hi to your inner child. Yes, yes. I have the option to be parent yourself. I think that's important <clears throat> to yes. heard that terminology before on another podcast that I listened to on, you know, one of the hosts was talking about how that's what her therapist suggested for her. Like, you don't have to leave your childhood kind of the way it was. You, you do have the option to give yourself what you need, like now. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, very good. I don't have a nurse's note. I think what you said, Jessica, I can't, there's nothing I can say to add to that or make it any better. I think that what you said is perfect. So that I'm going to let, let, let that lead. <laughs> Instead of our wounds. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. And thank you everybody who um, joined us tonight. We can yes. be found at the Conscious Sedation Podcast on Facebook, on Instagram and Twitter. We can be found at conscious underscore sedation. If you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, complaints, uh, <laughs> feel free to hit us up. We are yep. open to feedback in every way. Um, yes. Love the opportunity to expand and grow and serve in a different um, way that we maybe didn't see. So we can be reached or emailed at guestsedate at 705 at gmail.com. So thank you all. Thank you guys for joining us. Thanks again, Jessica. You're yeah. welcome. Bye. Y'all have a good night. Bye. Peace, y'all. Yeah.